It be too late to alter course, matey, and there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from, well, scottartist.com. I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 59 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. You're welcome. Why, thank you. Now, this is just between us, since I don't want Captain Barbosa thinking we're cheating on him or anything like that, especially cheating on him with One-Eyed Willie, but we're spending the week over at Goonies Minute talking with Brady and Chris and talking Goonies, the Fratellis, and some 80s nostalgia, if you will. So if you're like us and are also looking for a little pirate-themed action on the side, we won't tell as long <laughs> as you come back. <laughs> Stop! Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> We won't tell as long as you come back to Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Savvy? You know, I had that in my head. I was like, I'm prepared to say this one. And then she just busts up and ruins my whole intro. I was even stepped back there and everything. Uh, Goonies Minute. So we're over at Goonies Minute. It's the short version of that thing. If you want to give it a listen, go do that. You know, we're having some fun over there with Brady and Chris on that. And if Heather is obviously having themed action, and Heather's obviously having fun with it here. That's why I don't tell her what I'm going to say ahead of time or do any of that because I can always try and catch her off guard with something. <laughs> <laughs> they probably didn't hear that now because your big coarse haws that came in there right at my, my my line. Nice. Well, let's pretend like that didn't even happen, and let's just get going. You and mean the, that pirate themed action? Yeah, there. pirate themed action on the side. <laughs> on the side. A lot of people look for action on the side, <laughs> just pirate action. <laughs> Your mind is always in the gutter. It's always in the gutter. I just try and do a serious show yeah. here all the time, and yeah. then you always are just yeah. inserting these things. Okay. You're the queen of euphemisms. Uh-huh. I'm just innocently. It was a pirate themed action. Doing this stuff. I just come on up the with side. stuff. I do apologize for her. It's, you know, when you're here for seriousness and <laughs> such a serious topic, you expect professionalism. And she's just not delivering that. I do apologize. In the previous minute, Captain Barbosa gives us the inside scoop on what pirates do with stolen treasure. Or is it commandeered? I know what you're thinking. They did a little <laughs> investing, opened up an IRA. Maybe a few donations? No. There be the chest. Inside be the gold. And we took them all. We spent them. And traded them. And frittered them away. Barbosa also tells Elizabeth Swan that the curse has transformed them from once being compelled by greed to consumed by it. But in the end, he lets Elizabeth in on a little secret that there is one way to end the Aztec curse. Dot, dot, dot. Minute 59 begins with Barbosa telling Elizabeth that all the scattered pieces of the Aztec gold must be restored and the blood repaid. No surprise, the greedy little monkey runs off with the medallion as Barbosa continues. Thanks to ye. <laughs> we, <laughs> this is not going to be a good episode. 
It's going to take us a thousand years to get through this as Heather's cracking up in the studio. How am I going to get through this? People are hanging on the edge of seat. What minute are we going to be talking about? What's in this minute? A greedy little monkey. Exactly. As I was saying, Barbosa continues, Thanks to ye, we have the final piece. The minute ends with Elizabeth stumbling back in fright, exiting the cabin onto the moonlit deck as she sees a ship full of pirate skeletons. I guess I am thinking that we could just start really with a couple of Barbosa lines. So there are really kind of these great standout lines in this minute. And things that really caught my attention are not just clever writing, but I think it's fun writing. Arr! Thank you. No, well, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's one of them. Dang yeah. you. <laughs> Man. But that's not the first one I'm going to talk about, because then that would jump ahead. The first standout line is Barbosa offering her an apple. Apple? And it says it all. It's like this cherry on top, his Aztec gold sundae. He's happy they found all the pieces. The end of the curse is in sight. She thought he was poisoning her with the food. And then the apple was this cliche that made her jump to that assumption. And as her pirate captor, he's holding all the cards. And, of course, it brings us back to what started us down this whole particular minute anyways. And it's like this full apple circle. I think Barbosa has a thing for apples. It must really like or must really miss the flavor of them. Well, he said that food turns to ash in his mouth. And I yeah. think that's the symbol of it's the little things that he misses. The he apple. misses the apple is the symbol for him because we talked about the apple being symbol. The apple is the symbol of all of this. Yes. And so for him, what he wants and he's focused on is just being able to taste an apple again. And I think that's where it goes. And didn't, yeah. weren't we talking about when the symbol of apple being kind of a rebirth as well? I think that was part yeah. of it. And so if we really want to get back, we don't want to, well, we really don't want to get back into jumping into apple symbolism. But being that rebirth, you know, if he can cure the curse to get rid of the curse, then he is going to say be reborn. Yeah. We've had him go from being a pirate and alive to having this curse and turning into a skeleton in the moonlight, not being able to taste food. And then if he can actually cure the curse, then he would be reborn. So how that's how you, you can look at it. How do you know he's a skeleton in the moonlight? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. We haven't seen that yet. I'm just basing that off Keeler. And he said that he has a curse too and that they've all been cursed. So I'm just making that assumption. Thanks for pointing that out. The apple is also when we get him saying that they have the final piece thanks to her, then kind of answers her question about the blood repaid when he says that's why there's no reason to be killing you yet or now or whatever it was. Her eyes get really wide as she's connecting all the dots when he offers the apple to her. Yeah. And she looks at the apple. She's not really looking at him. She's looking at the apple. Yeah. And they are just, I happen to pause it, not on purpose. But right at that particular scene, and her eyes are as wide as possible. Oh, yeah. She couldn't open up anymore. Her eyeballs would pop out. Well, you don't want Elizabeth's eyes <laughs> popping up. That wouldn't be good. That's a whole different curse. <laughs> well, we did talk just a little bit about real symbols of apples and the symbolism of apples. But I think for her here, she realizes that the apple is like the symbol of her doom. And it's like all of it. All of her whole situation right now is in this apple. And that's because... She jumped to that conclusion about it being poison, and then he offers it to her here. And so she's looking at the apple thinking, okay, this is where all my troubles are. But the final piece is not just that gold medallion, but it's her as well. And so Barbosa was using both the final piece, I think, to reference that gold medallion that they needed, that final 
882nd piece that they were collecting. Yeah. But then also getting her as Miss Turner, right? Right. I mean, she says about, she does ask about the blood repaid. Yeah. But I think Barbosa was really taking this a step further when he was saying that we have the final piece that we need because the final piece really is her. Right. As well. Yeah. He has to have her to be able to get rid of the curse. And so we already know she's a feisty kind of character that fights back. And instead of just getting up and then pulling the knife on him, she actually knocks the apple away and then gets up and pulls the knife on him. And I thought that was really interesting because it's like, definitely she's a fighter. The apple is already the symbol here of everything that she's not going to like or that the blood has to be repaid and it's hers. And she knocks it away before pulling the knife. So you could read into that all kinds of stuff. Like she's going to knock this apple away and that's not going to be her future. Yeah. And she's going to make her own destiny by fighting back and not letting, well, just not rolling over and allowing it to happen. Exactly. She's pretty tough gal here. I mean, to actually try and take on Barbosa all by yourself is pretty, pretty tough. I agree. The second one that I was talking about is what you already said, is when Elizabeth is trying to escape from Barbosa and they're running around in the cabin. I think it's a mirror that they're going around, right? Like a stand-up mirror? Is that what it is? No, it's actually, I just, I just viewed it again just to make sure. It w- it's actually like a post in the middle of the room uh-huh. with a bunch of guns around it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so it's not a mirror, a bunch of guns or weapons that are around, yeah. or at least kind of in their stocks. Is that what is that called? Like a case or in their shelves. Anyways, they're yeah, I can't think of what the name of the word is. Dang it. Ah! Shoot, I completely <laughs> lost it. Anyways, they're all stacked there. It's in a stacking they're, device. They're a holder. Like, the gun yeah, the holder. holder. It's it's a same type of thing that was holding the swords in the blacksmith shop. Yeah, there we go. So whatever that is called that I can't think of, that's it. And they're <laughs> running around it. And he turns around. At one point, they kind of catch up or they're going back and forth cartoon fashion like. And yeah. he says, "Arr." Yeah. I just really thought that was awesome that he did yeah. that. And it gets back to what I said in the beginning, this kind of fun writing. And this is something that we'd actually see in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride or maybe in the 1950s Treasure Island, actually. So thanks, Robert Newton, for creating the stereotypical pirate persona that we have today or that Barbosa is channeling. Yeah. With this R. With his long John Silver kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) And you could totally see his teeth in this when he says R. You could see his nasty looking teeth there. Well, we have already established that Port Royal didn't have a dentist. <laughs> a dentist, yeah. yes. Only for the main characters. Yeah, they had to play, like an optometrist so you could get some glasses, but that was it. <laughs> but I think that there's a reason it lasted for so long. This idea of pirate stereotypes or pirate personas like came across from other Disney movies, Treasure Island, is that it resonates with audiences, and I think it still does to this day, this whole idea. Because this is what we want to see. I don't think it's a laugh... Well, We like to have pirates in this light. It brings a fun nature to pirates as well as... Because it's a serious topic. Right. It would really be interesting to... You know, when we really just start to look into the history about when some of these stereotypes have... And I'd have to look at my notes. I didn't bring any of that with me this time. But when these stereotypes started to really flourish... Because that's that's really... It's really an interesting kind of topic of... There's a serious nature of pirates. And so now that we're going to start stereotyping them... And then the further away we get from the reality of pirates and pirates of everyday life that we have never seen, then Disney kind of takes the helm or all these other swashbucklers that came before it in films started building upon this idea of pirates until it finally gets to our really stereotype with 
Treasure Island that really had this mass popularity with it. Yeah. Well, part of the fun in Pirates, I mean, what we all mock and everything, you know, or playing Pirates, is the pirate lingo. Yeah. We like to say R or I or Avast. <laughs> we just like to talk like it's different than, I guess, what we talk every day. And so it's, it kind of interests us, and it's the fun of pirates. That's right. But this particular line, when he says R, I don't think it's a laugh-out-loud funny line, but I think it's one of those ones that make you smile, and then it reminds us that we're seeing this true swashbuckler movie on the screen here. Right. Especially since we get a bit of a sci-fi supernatural element here with the skeletons at the end of the minute. Yes, which adds a totally different twist. Yeah, to which, now that I think about it, because we do see pirate all the pirate crew. So why would we think Barbosa is any different? You tried to spoil me on that, but I can make an, yeah, a general leap. Yeah, but we don't know leap. for a fact that You're right. He's... He could be the the lone pirate that you know doesn't we become a skeleton. We haven't seen him that way yet, so you can't spoil it already. But he may not have become the skeleton, but we know that he can't die because he does get stabbed yes. in the chest with the blood. So can't I make the assumption that he too is also a skeleton? Yes, you can. I can kind of make these. that. Kinda. Okay, maybe I'll make that. We don't see it yet. I won't let you. Yeah, so then that scene ends when he says R. She ends up actually stabbing him with the knife, as I was just saying. And he pulls it out. After killing me, what do you plan to do next? Yeah. And then we get this confirmation that, well, what I just was saying, that he can't be killed. Yeah. So that's part of the curse. They can't be killed. After what we learned from the curse from Jack... We suspected that this was the case all along, that maybe they couldn't be killed. Because we go back to that battle in Port Royal, we see our first main character killing somebody. And that was, or supposedly killing somebody. And that's when Will Turner throws the axe in the back of Jacoby. Then we see him walking around later as if nothing happened. So we started to see that. Yeah. But now we actually get confirmation that, yeah, he was stabbed. Barbosa was stabbed and it didn't bother him. May have bloodied him up or something. <laughs> Maybe didn't feel too good, but he actually... It didn't kill him. It didn't kill him. Elizabeth seemed really shocked when she actually stabbed Barbosa. I don't know if that was acting, though, or if it was really fearful for the thing. Because I was listening to some commentary about that. Yeah. And she was actually frightened when she was doing that scene. She had to do it multiple times. And she said that basically he wore some kind of metal plate underneath because she was having to put something there. Yeah. But she was always worried that she was going to end up stabbing or missing that metal plate. And she said that she missed it a number of times and she was always afraid that she was going to kill him. I'm sure they were using some kind of prop thing, but still she was kind of plunging this device of some kind, whether a faux knife or whatever it was, she was still stabbing at him. So she was always a little concerned about doing that. So she probably was so a little she wasn't frightened. acting. No, she was just, that was probably her true look of like, oh my God, I hope I got it in the right place this time. And it didn't actually stab the guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's well, blood. Not, I mean, it's not like they actually gave her a real knife to do yeah. that, but still, you know, you don't want to be poking at somebody with something like that. <laughs> no, you, what is wrong with you today? I didn't say anything. You did. No. You said it with your eyes and then you laughed. And everybody heard that in the studio and they heard it across the airwaves. She seemed even more shocked when he she didn't actually kill him. Well, he just like, stood there like, here? what are he's you doing? Got this knife, he pulled the knife out of his chest. It's dripping with blood, but he's just standing there. Well, this is her first clue that the curse is maybe real then. This yeah. is her first sign of it. Because she hasn't yet stumbled out onto the deck to see skeleton action. Right. And so when he's pulling that out, like I said, he asked what she's going to do after killing him. Uh-huh. 
So do you think he's basically telling her that if he goes, she has to deal with the crew? So if he dies, then she has to deal the, with the crew? Is that well, the gist yeah. of that? Because there's nobody stopping them then for whatever they're going to do. Or is he trying to say, you can try to kill me, but you can't? Or is it kind of a combination of both? No, I, I think it is flat out. If you kill me, you're going to have to deal with my crew. We're not near shore. You can't just jump off. You'll be dining what with are the you crew naked. Do, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, because he's kind of protecting her, right? Now, without him, you're left to all these pirates. What are you saying? Pirates aren't trustworthy? <laughs> pirates didn't treat women nicely well, in the 17th or 18th century? <laughs> I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> Is there something to that whole rape, pillage, plunder thing? I think so. Yeah, see? Because he's, in a sense, protecting her at this point in time. And if he's gone, there's nobody to protect her. It's no. interesting because it's like with the apple... When he offers her the apple, it seems like he's enjoying this repartee. It's like this playing cat and mouse game, this back and forth. He seems to be enjoying it. Oh, yeah. Because he had a couple times. It's with this scene here with the what are you going to do after killing me thing. He's giving her these kind of questions and kind of laughing about it. And then with the apple, he did the same thing. Apple, you know, so he's kind of rounding it out. He's having this wordplay with her. Yeah. I think he's just enjoying this whole situation. And it goes back to the same the He likes way, messing with her is basically yeah, what it is. Yeah, just like Jack likes messing with people. Barbosa's kind of like the same type of person that likes to mess with people. I agree. I think that's maybe what it is. Is well, he just has fun. Yeah, he's having fun. Because yeah. especially you're not allowed to have women on board. It's bad luck. So yes. they got to... I guess they don't really care about bad luck if you've been cursed so. Is that... That's <laughs> true. I was thinking that when I was... Are they going to end up must... getting there and then finding out that, hey, you put this in here? But then there's that kind of line, that clause that says, oh, and you can't have a woman on board. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, blasted. The curse is <laughs> yeah. not lifted because we had a woman on board. Right? Anyways, before so, I interrupted. I was thinking that they must not believe that it's bad luck. Unless it's just because they're cursed and that, you know, everything's bad luck these days. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's a degree of bad luck going on. Yeah. So they're more concerned about this other stuff. And plus they can't die. So what is yeah. the worst luck? I guess the bad luck would be that the medallion goes overboard at the bottom of the drink there. And then they're going to have to do what? Or it's lost forever. They're going to have to send somebody down. Or a ship goes down. I mean, all a kinds ship of goes things. Down. All kinds of things well, could the, happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then they lose the medallion but, again. Yeah, but they lose them all then. Oh, well, I don't know if they return the others or not. Yeah, they exactly. Have them on you board. don't know. Who knows? They haven't told us. You got that right. So I have a question for you. Thanks for announcing it. You're welcome. How did they find... Now, they scattered these... I have an answer for you. 882 medallions all over the place. Pieces. Pieces of gold. Aztec gold. Okay. Thanks for the correction. So they scattered them all over the place. Frittered them away. (laughs) (laughs) You were talking about me earlier. (laughs) The reason they found this one was because it hit the water and told them it was there, right? So how did they find the others? If this was the very last one and there was 882 pieces, that's a heck of a long time. Well, it's been, this has been eight years at oh. least, right? Oh, eight years later than, since yeah. the merchant ship. So it could be eight, ten years, right? Or more that they, yeah. I think it's been somewhere eight years, ten years, whatever. Right? Eight years yeah. at least we know for sure since that happened. 
So they've been searching for all these this time. I always, I take it as varying degrees of this gold calling to them because they said it calls to them. They knew Pentel and Rigetti go to the mansion, not just because it's the mansion, but I think because the gold is calling right. to them. And the it water, just, when the water, it, rever- it makes it call even stronger. That's right. I think that okay. has a strong, it's like sound waves traveling in water, air, and then other mediums, right? There's, yeah. It travels better in some than in others. I think it calls to them differently when it hits the water. It really just makes a big blast and says, this is where I am. You can pinpoint it and they can come there. Before, it's kind of like maybe ghostly, you know, calls. Mm. And so they're they're searching for them. They're trying to find them. It's not as easy. Because definitely you're not getting 882 pieces just going into the water. Yeah. It's not everybody's like, hey, let me see if I can shine this up or put it in water. <laughs> what happens? Yeah, that doesn't happen. Right. We also need to take note that there is blood on the knife is what I said yeah. earlier. And this will play into our revealing discussion on the curse that comes up on a Friday episode if we were to know ahead in the minutes of what actually happens. Because we've never seen the movies no. we've said before. We're going through this for the first time with everybody else because I know all of you have never seen the movie before. So that's what we're doing. So it should come up by Friday where we get all of this out in the open. And I because, sure hope so. Well, that's what we want. Because if the pirates did not bleed or there is no blood on the knife when he pulled it out of that wound, there'd be no way to repay the curse and the whole thing would just fall apart. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So they need yeah, blood. Need he says blood that there's to, yeah. blood to do that. So yeah. there has to be some kind of blood. Right. So there you go. Some kind of blood. Yeah, it can't just be anybody. You can't just go to the blood bank, you know, the Port Royal blood bank at the time. <laughs> it was very difficult to keep blood there because they didn't have refrigeration units. <laughs> yeah. And so it went really and, quickly. And it, it was just, a little warm there, right? Well, it was. It didn't last very long. No. So the awesome transition from bloody knife to skeletons, I think, is pretty appropriate. But I don't know. How, how much do we want to actually discuss the skeletons today? We don't see a whole lot of skeletons this minute. I think we should we should save it for another day. That's what I'm thinking. I, I think that if we save it till tomorrow's episode, we get much more bone action in the next minute. And I'm just wondering if this should wait until tomorrow. That I mean, that's my vote. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. You're also voting bone action for tomorrow? Bone action tomorrow. That's what I'm thinking. We'll keep it clean. Bone action tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) We should probably mention a little more about Elizabeth's blood repayment or the Turner blood repayment. Yeah. And I don't, we don't really get too much details in this particular minute about the blood that has to be repaid. So the idea is that if you've taken a piece of this Aztec gold from the chest, Mm -hmm. you have, it has to be put back. And the blood repaid for those who have taken it out. Right. And then she asks, and the blood to be repaid? That's right. And then he says, that's why there's no sense of killing you. Yet. Exactly. So and we, so that's coming down to, it's Elizabeth's blood. That's right. That's and why she realizes that. It. She yeah. realizes that. She knocks the apple out of his hand and then goes yeah. to stabbing at him. And her eyes get really big. It's really not hers because she's not a turner. Well, that's the thing. That's the whole... This gets back to our conversations when she lied about... So the maid, this is why the maid was so important about this whole movie kind of getting jump-started. There's been a couple of these kinds of scenes, but the maid really is jump-starting Elizabeth's idea that Barbosa wanted her, or the pirates wanted her, because she was the governor's daughter. Therefore, when she comes back on board the Black Pearl... 
and he asks who, who she is and what her name is. She comes up with Elizabeth Turner because she's always thinking of Will Turner, that lovey-dovey stuff that Heather likes to talk about. And so she uses this false name, uh-huh. which then spins this whole web because then they obviously say saying Turner and then they start saying bootstrap. We can make the assumption based on that. It hasn't been spelled out like an actual word, but yeah. there's enough clues to piece together that bootstrap. Well, and then also we find out from Johnny Depp that bootstrap Will Bill Turner or William Turner was Will Turner's father, was also a pirate, was a pirate that sailed with Jack, or he knew him, was on the Black Pearl. And now, knowing that Barbosa and the crew need the blood of Elizabeth Turner, a Turner, is why that they're actually after her. She doesn't realize that it's really not her there. The blood that's needed. No, I don't think that she understands. Quite yet that, because he didn't, you're right, he didn't spell out and say. We need the blood of Bootstrap Bill Turner or his offspring. Right. We need like, yeah, the family blood of the Turners to be the final piece of blood that we need. They didn't say that. She's probably taking it in general as. They just Okay, so you have Aztecs and then people think of Aztecs and maybe they're leaping to some crazy weird kind of sacrifices and things like that that maybe they're trying to think of and so she's just thinking this whole curse requires a blood payment you know like maybe the blood of a virgin kind of deal or Mm. the throw the virgin into the top of the volcano so you have this kind of perception of different cultures or what they would term at the time savage culture right that where they're making offerings to these gods because you know they weren't politically correct back then. And that's what her probably idea of the blood repayment is. He's saying there's no need to be killing you yet because she's getting the idea that okay, I'm gonna they're gonna have to sacrifice me and make a payment. It's like a you know, or from the Bible, she probably got that idea too, because there's you know, sacrifices right. and things like that to make the blood payment. Boom, it helps lift the curse. Well glad I asked you because I didn't even think about that aspect of it. Yeah, so I think that there's all of that. That's where it's coming from for her. She's not making that connection that she gave a false name. She's just saying, hey, they need to make a sacrifice to appease the heathen gods. Yeah. And go from there. Right. She doesn't have all the ideas. Because I guarantee you, if she knew that it was a Turner name, she'd be, what are you talking about? My name is Elizabeth Swan. And then Barbosa would be like, yeah, sure it is, Miss Turner. <laughs> oh, You're Lord. a maid in this. Now we tell you that and all of a sudden your name becomes Swan. Yeah, not likely. I don't think he'd believe her. He probably wouldn't. Yeah, because he'd be like, she's just trying to get out of this now. I should have never said anything. Yeah. And this is where she goes, damn it. Lying never pays <laughs> off. Unless you're me, it doesn't pay off typically. So she's just going, oh, I shouldn't have cried wolf on that. I shouldn't have cried Turner. <laughs> All of this could have been avoided. It could, yeah. She could exactly. have just handed off the the medallion in the beginning. Said her name was Elizabeth Swan. They may not have rowed her back to shore, but she could have at least jumped overboard and swam back to shore. Yeah. But damn, that made Estrella. Estrella just screwed her big time. <laughs> she put thoughts in her head. If Elizabeth ever makes it back to Port Royal, she needs to find Estrella and just give her a slap across the face. <laughs> you said they were here. For me, the governor's daughter. No, they were here for the damn medallion. All they had to do is give them the medallion. They'd have been on their way. All happy-go-lucky. They might have said, hey, do you know where a Turner lives? Yeah. But nope. Estrella gave her the screw job. That's all because, okay, 
another crazy alert here. Crazy theory alert. Estrella knew this. She was pissed off because she got put in her place when she said that Will Turner is also a fine man. Or something to that effect. She's all, that's a good match. And Elizabeth is, yeah, that is a good match. Or a smart match. And she goes, but Will Turner's a fine man too. Or something to that effect. And she goes, that is too bold. Which made Estrella go, I thought we were buds. And we were hanging out and doing girl talk. And then she goes and slaps me down like that. She's all that biatch. So what happened is, she remembered that. She knew the Black Pearl story. Because everybody knows the Black Pearl. Because Mulroy and Murtaugh have been spreading their news. Pirates show up. She's like, you know, I'm going to get her back for that. You're the governor's daughter. <laughs> Boom. There you go. That That's it. Good link. I, I'm telling you. Man. It's like I can make that. something connect that has no possible connection. <laughs> now we've just gone off the rails on this, though. So. That's why you connected Orlando Bloom in the two movies. Well, that's true. But he you know, does with have a time turner. Elvish written on his. Oh. What it is Elvish. I forgot to tell. I think we were like, wait, is it Elfish or Elvish? (laughs) It is Elvish. Elvish has left the building. It is Elvish. And he does have it written on him. So that's the only possible way that Will Turner would have Elvish writing on him is that he is Legolas. And he used a time turner. Time turner? Yeah. Harry Potter. Oh, I'm sorry. This isn't Harry Potter minute. (laughs) To all the guys out there, Harry Potter minute. Check that out. Break down Harry Potter movies. Isn't that book I'm reading? This is Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Oh. You're not linking all three <sighs> movies together. Two is enough. There we go. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty positive. Okay. You got anything else today? That's all I have for today. Perfect. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 60 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. And Skeletons. And Skeletons on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Arr! What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy! Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket! Hey, Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best-of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.